Are you a college student looking for better guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you are slowly looking at jobs, or maybe you are finally getting around to editing your resume, or maybe you are just getting anxiety awaiting for the question at the next big family dinner, what are you going to do after college? Yep, I've been there. That's why I created my career ebook guide to help guide you on the path to young adult life in your post-grad career. From custom resume templates, ways to improve your LinkedIn, cover letter examples, top interview questions, and so much more, it's all in my ebook guide, which you can find on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog/shop. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. It's Friday, so you guys know this is a bonus episode for the week. And yes, I just did do a double bonus episode week back to back. And the reason why I decided to do one this Friday as well is because it is the one year anniversary for this podcast, which is insane to me. It's already been one year since I released the very first guest episode, which if you have been following along for this entire time, then you probably remember the first guest episode was with Sammy Clark. And that one has actually been the most downloaded episode to date, which also blows my mind because that was the first episode of the podcast. So you wouldn't think the first one has been the most downloaded, but um, I guess a lot of people have found a lot of value in it. And of course, Sammy is a wonderful guest and I've had plenty of amazing guests since then, but I wanted to come out with this episode today because, again, it's the one-year anniversary, it's a Friday, and I'm trying to add in additional bonus content for you guys each week, of course, keeping each Tuesday consistent as is, posting an episode each week, but trying to incorporate a second episode per week on, you know, maybe like an every other week basis. So definitely be looking out for additional episodes throughout this quarter and going into this new year. But this topic specifically, I felt was really fitting for the one-year anniversary episode episode because I kind of find this topic very much along the lines of getting your shit together and I have seen a lot of you guys give me feedback on this podcast being able to help you get your shit together <laughs> per se and I think that's awesome. I think, uh, you know, I feel like I've battled my own obstacles and hurdles of getting my shit together and getting my life together. So 
I wanted to kind of bring it back to the overall theme or at least one of the themes of this podcast, which is not only finding what fulfills you and finding each element of life fulfillment, which is, you know, relationships, your career, your mental wellness, whatever, but also just creating balance between all of that, which I think is also kind of something we all wish there was a guideline on, like a book as to how to get your shit together and actually really get your shit together. So that's why this episode is pretty long if you didn't notice it is definitely over an hour or close to an hour depending on um, the final edit of this but yeah I I hope this is valuable for you I really try to dive into my personal thoughts and what has worked for me what hasn't worked for me my mistakes I did when I was in college or post-grad life when I found that I was not balanced or the boundaries I've had to set in order to create that balance, which maybe is the next step for many of you, creating that boundary. And, you know, I find that I learned best from hearing people's personal experience and trying to reflect on their experience and thinking, okay, where are the parallels in my life and how can I apply that into my own life? So I really hope this episode does that for you. So I am not going to rant too much longer, so we'll just get right into the episode. On today's episode, I will be diving into my thoughts on how to create a well-balanced life with your personal relationships, with your work, schoolwork, and social life, and etc. And I want to talk about this because I think it is something that everyone kind of strives to figure out in life at some point. And I think that is also something that is correlated with the term of having your shit together, which is funny to me because I think everyone can quote have their shit together. It's just about choices and figuring out how to evaluate your choices and diversify your energy and keep a good balance in it. So I will be diving into each area of life and as always, I will be sharing it with my personal examples because I find that the best way I can share my insights on something is actually giving you tangible and personal examples that I have gone through or where I have utilized this framework of thinking. So yeah, I hope this is valuable to you guys and we'll dive into it. So the first thing I want to touch on is relationships and I think this is probably one of those things that everyone struggles with and finding balance, especially if you have a boyfriend, especially if you are in a relationship and you're finding that you don't make much time for your friends and just other things that you need to do in life and you're hanging out with your boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, 24-7. So this is definitely something I experienced myself and I'm going to dive into my personal example. So... I dated someone for four years. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you probably have heard me say that before. But during the first year and a half to two years that we dated for, we spent probably four to five days a week together. And we also lived together the second year of the relationship or I don't know, like Yeah, it was just my sophomore year of college that we lived together, which a lot of people were like, holy shit, 
First, I definitely don't regret living with him. I think we made it work in a really unique way. And I think it was healthy for a strong period of time. Like, I don't think it was ever unhealthy necessarily living together. But I think there definitely could have been more space in terms of like having more time to hang out with, you know, his boys and like my girls type of thing. But I will say in general, something I don't recommend is spending too many days with your partner. So again, like I said, I spent about four to five days with my ex-boyfriend during college and looking back, I would tell myself you should keep it to two to three times a week. Now, I'm thinking about myself at that age from 18 to 20 years old. Would I have been able to take my own advice at that time? Ooh, that's tough. Like, I think it's it would depend on the way I frame it. So honestly, I think it's hard for anyone when you are very much in lovey-dovey mode and you kind of can't think as logically. It's kind of, in your eyes, illogical to not spend as much time with them. But the reason why I would say, especially now, knowing what I know now, when you don't spend all your time together, you have something exciting to share the next time you hang out. That's the first one. Secondly, you continue to keep a balance in your relationships outside of the relationship. So, you know, when my ex and I broke up the first time, I realized I didn't have that many friends outside of that relationship, which was obviously you know, red flags right there. And like I had friends, but they were not anyone that I could consider a best friend and more of a double whammy at that time too. I was transferring to a new school. So transitioning to a new school, you kind of, you know, don't really keep in touch with your friends at your previous school, especially if some of them were also toxic. So I find that that was probably my main mistake there was just not having a circle of people at that time to you know essentially bounce back to after that initial breakup but overall I would advise on keeping your average amount of days to spend time with your partner about two to three times a week at most especially again if you are in your 20s in college whenever that may be. I also recommend even if you are in a new relationship that you do keep it only to two to three times a week because when you get more serious, it's easier to pull back on days or add more days, right? So what I mean is, okay, so let's say you hang out, you know, twice a week, one weekday, one weekend day, and maybe you start to get more serious. It's more strategic I guess to add another day into the week so it could be two times during the week and one time during the weekend or you know maybe once you get really serious and you're both working full-time at that point it's not too much of a drastic change where you go from hanging out five times a week to two times a week because now you work full-time and you and you have adult lives and I think that is again something I could see as a mistake happening where someone goes from hanging out a lot with their partner in college and then they still date after college which is always a nice thing and then you guys adapt to your new life in postgrad so some of you could be even doing long distance which I think at that point is pretty 
easy to manage as again especially if you only hung out with them two to three times a week because it's not really about how many times you see the person it's about what you're doing and what you're connecting on in each encounter that strengthens your relationship and so i believe in trying to minimize the the impact of the shift right so from college to post-grad life and maybe you know from the you know after the initial years of post-grad life to kind of adopting to your next chapter or like when you move and things like that so you got to keep that in mind which obviously not every relationship goes that long term when you're first starting out right but you gotta you gotta think like okay if if you are dating this person and you're serious about them you gotta consider how can you make it a sustainable relationship where it's not too overbearing for both of you Okay, so on the other hand, for those of you who don't have to really worry about um, a relationship or spending time with a romantic partner, now we're going to dive into close friends. So I think a lot of questions I get is about how I personally make time for friends and how they should make time for friends as well, but they want to focus on X, Y, and Z. So for me personally, during college and right now, I would say I... like maybe during college I spent one more day with friends in terms of like the amount of energy I would put towards during the week but now you know obviously with post-grad life everyone is just trying to get their shit together I only allow myself to spend time with friends between Thursday and Sunday unless you know I'm on a trip or I'm visiting somewhere out of town like whatever that may be so that that's always different but if I'm living at home in LA I definitely keep Monday through Wednesday purely for myself, make sure I'm focused and, you know, got my shit straight. Or again, sometimes I could be in an area like when I go down to Orange County sometimes and I have a friend down there, maybe I'll get lunch with them, but then I make up for it where maybe Thursday or Friday is a day to myself, right? If that makes sense. So I would recommend probably two times a week and diversifying who you meet up with each time but again if you're in college I'd say three times a week is still healthy because again you got to understand though too you're still spending time with friends on campus in class when you're at the library together or when you're at Starbucks together whatever that may be so just remember that you are getting that friend energy and you do need that time for yourself as well which I will dive into but if you if I'm talking just about like going out to get dinner with a friend or getting lunch or coffee like actual hangout coffee i would say two to three times a week is a healthy balance where you get your you know your friend fix in for the week but you're keeping it balanced to prioritize yourself as well another thing i want to add here as well is that it's really important to prioritize who you feel the best around when it comes to who you're going to spend time with so that is also part of why i don't leave the door wide open for who i spend time with because i'm very mindful about my energy and i'm very mindful about how i feel after spending time with a certain person and you know i think that's again a very important process when you are developing at this age because if you just spend time with people and you feel kind of shitty about it but then you still do it again you're going to have a little bit of cognitive dissonance in your mind when it comes to like your mind's going to say, "Oh, I don't I don't feel good being around this person," but then you're you're on your way to hang out with that person, so it's going to feel very weird. And that's why I would highly advise 
to evaluate if you're currently at a point where you feel like you do need to evaluate who you spend time with and maybe limit from hanging out with people that are not so valuable for you. Um, And again, sometimes it's just for a period of time. Sometimes it's only for a year or maybe six months where you need to give yourself space from that person. But I'm always looking for people that give positive impact to me and add value into my life and I'm not talking about like they have to bring something to the table and they have to you know be a somebody no nothing like that I'm just talking about do I feel like this person is trustworthy can I trust them with the things that I share can I trust them with the way they judge me with the way they treat me as a friend and the way they have their best interests for me as a friend right so I think again that's something that's really important when it comes to just the concept of how to keep balance with your friend circle, your close friends, whoever that may be. And then one last note on relationships as a whole. I highly recommend just having boundaries, kind of like what I just said. I wrote here that, you know, you got to limit the amount of days and hours you spend with each person because this is how you keep the self-awareness of who you are as an individual, how and if you are changing and growing for the better and it allows you to be slightly less biased when evaluating who you need to remove from your life based on your evaluation of the positive impact they have on your life versus people with toxic energy, right? So if you listened to my previous podcast episode, I forget which episode, but maybe only like five episodes ago, I talked about a friendship falling out I had. And I mentioned in that one that there was a lot of toxic energy built up and I had noticed it before. And that was like a mistake I made was noticing it from years prior and not ripping the bandaid off sooner. So that was a lesson learned for me. And I think, yes, yeah, sometimes We can only learn from our own personal experiences, but perhaps if I had someone like a bigger sister or an older sister that could have told me, hey, you know, just watch out for these things, I might have been more mindful about, you know, drifting away sooner. But again, everything is a learning lesson in life, so I would never be too hard on myself for that. But now I think that's why I'm passionate about sharing it with you guys because, this happens to all of us. We're in our 20s. We're girls. Some of us can be catty at times. I've been there, done that. So um, always important to have healthy boundaries and making sure that you make time for both yourself, your potential romantic partner, and of course, your close friends. Okay, so now let's talk about how to keep a balanced life with work and or school. So I'm going to dive into just the concept of working full-time and how I have found ways to keep my life balanced with a full-time job and then of course I will also dive into college and all of that as well but working full-time my approach with this is keeping my focus on work-oriented items during the core hours of work so pretty much from nine to five and what I mean by that is I mean Avoid incorporating conversations or issues of personal life in your day during work. I remember I did this when I first started working full-time and I noticed how much is screwed with my sharpness and I remember it was distracting me in certain conversations and whatnot. And I'll give you an example actually. So I had a friend that I was dealing with their 
their toxic energy and i was trying to kind of get a unbiased opinion from a male friend actually on how they as a guy would handle the situation because obviously you know um i think for biological nature reasons as well but just kind of if you ever look at how guys deal with their problems they are very straight up about it they tell each other directly and they say it how it is and they either resolve it in that moment or they let it go move on and they ignore each other whatever that may be right so i always try to get kind of like an opposite spectrum opinion so that i could almost level it out in a way so I brought this up during work hours though when I was asking one of my coworkers, and I just I just noticed that I was mentally distracted and I reflect on that and I think that's definitely not good and while asking for advice and getting insight from someone else that I trust is very good I find that bringing it up during work hours is not great for my mental focus and since I am a strong believer in doing everything at my exceptional ability then that being said I cannot think about personal life during work unless it's you know family or really close friends and things that are good right but if it's something about catty toxic issues I should be mindful about letting that be something I take care of outside of work and I find that it's very easy to have this distract you during work so now it's funny because I understand why my boyfriend back in the day when he was working full-time and I was still in college I used to get slightly bothered that he didn't text me back right away or that we wouldn't have much of a conversation during the day and now being you know, in post-grad life and working full-time and understanding why it's so important that my focus is fully there and fully where I'm supposed to be. Now I understand why it, it was not personal that he didn't text back. Now, it's funny because I had other guy friends who were my age though, who also did say that he should be able to text you those small things during the day, whatever that may be. And I, I agree. I just think now, like if I were in his shoes, I would probably keep conversation to a minimal degree as well, unless it's something relating to work and something that would be worth sharing to my partner. But I just wanted to put that out there because for those of you who maybe are dating someone who works full time and you're maybe like a senior in college or something, that is something to give grace to for your partner because trust me when you work full-time it's different than college and there's a lot of pros and cons to it technically yes you have like more flexibility in a way but I would recommend if you are someone that wants to be diligent at your job then you should be focused on what you're supposed to be doing during those hours another example of this kind of distraction and incorporating personal life into my day is a time when i was thinking about a guy i was talking to and again i was thinking about him during work hours and i was sitting at my cubicle and i just remember we were kind of like fading out and so i was kind of distraught and distracted by that and I was also distracted when he texted me because then I'd get like excited and all of that. And I remember sharing this with my friend Dana. Again, she's been on the podcast. And I would told her, I'm like, this is not good. Like, I do not want this feeling and I need to remove this feeling from my life. How do I do that? Because I do not want to have to be so 
caught up in trying to balance the thought of this guy while I'm trying to be really good at my job, that kind of thing. So again, that might be something that comes up for you and perhaps... You know, I look back on that moment too and I'm thinking, yeah, well, obviously I ended up not really liking that guy anyways. And it's it's funny because this guy actually, uh, he's, he has a girlfriend and has had a girlfriend since last year. So they've been dating for over a year and he has been recently just kind of hitting me up on Instagram and Snapchat, which is really weird because he, yeah, he's like still dating this girl. And my, my friend would joke like, you know, they always come back. What do I tell you? And I said to her, I was like, I would not go for him at this point in my life. And I don't really ever see that happening even if he were single so it's just funny seeing a year later how my life and my framework has changed and um you know how in those moments I was like really caught up in that but now I'm stepping away from it and I'm like that really didn't matter so if you can try to train yourself to tell yourself in that moment it does not matter you know ask yourself like is this guy gonna be in your life two years from now I mean if so then then he also shouldn't be causing you this kind of mental distraction in a bad way either. So just think about that. Okay, so now I want to talk about how to stay balanced if you are in college full-time and you have a part-time job or an internship. So my first thought on this is that if you have an opportunity to, Try to make your schedule more focused on certain days. So for example, if you can push more of your classes on Tuesday and Thursday or, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example, I would recommend that. Now, I don't know if you can for sure manage this kind of schedule as a freshman or sophomore because sometimes you just don't have that kind of selection and your classes might really be all over the place. But at the very least by junior year, if I'm not mistaken, I think you should find a way if you're, again, really depends on your major and the type of classes you have. And, you know, of course, if it's offered on that day that you want it, you should be able to do it, you know, by junior and senior year and you can kind of crunch everything into you know, those specific days versus coming into campus every single day. So that is the first step, I would say, when it comes to balancing. And then with that being said, the other days that you aren't in class, you can leave time for studying, doing your projects, doing your internship hours and or your part-time jobs, right? And I say this again with personal experience because when I was in college, let's say my senior year, that was probably my busiest year, which is crazy, but I was taking 18 credits. I had an internship that was 16 hours a week, but it was remote. I also had two part-time jobs. So I was coaching figure skating about four to five hours a week. And then I was also tutoring slash mentoring um, these kids at this family I was working for at that time. It was almost four years. And I was doing that three hours a week. And then, of course, I was doing elite skatewear, my business and everything else. And so I recall how I was doing that. I literally was only going to class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like one of the semester. And then one of the other semesters was like Tuesday and Thursday. So on the days that I wasn't on campus and maybe, you know, early in the semester, I don't have any exams coming up or maybe no projects, then I was really able to dedicate my time on those, you know, extracurricular activities on the days that I'm not in class because I want to be present when I'm in class. I don't want to be working 
on my internship or whatever I want to be working on while I'm in class. Again, I'm all about staying focused and being mindful about where you are. And I think a mistake I used to make was trying to balance all of them in one day and then do each of them equally in one day. So what I mean is like I used to try to have classes every day for like 50 minutes instead of, you know, a one and a half hour class or whatever that may be. I used to do that instead and then I would try to do my internship maybe for you know one and a half or two hours a day and I would try to do it every single day though and looking back now and knowing what I know right now I find that it's much more efficient to do your internship for example for three to four hours on a specific day like Tuesday and Thursday so let's say you have an internship that is 10 hours a week maybe you do four hours on Tuesday and Thursday each and then you do two hours on like a Friday or something whatever that may be assuming it's remote I'm just speaking again from personal experience but the reason why this is actually more efficient is because each time you go and pursue a specific task or area of your life you have to switch your brain on and off for that specific part so again if it's your internship and maybe you're in creative marketing like I was I had to turn my brain on to do those things and it's similar to running where it's hard to start but once you're running for five minutes it's easier to keep going because you have the momentum so just like a car it takes more gas to start up again from a red light versus if you're cruising on the highway right so that's why if you're doing your internship work you can focus for you know let's say four hours do two hours take a 10 minute break do another two hours and then that way you can then shift your focus onto something else after you're done with your internship so for me on days i had classes i know i can put my focus there and then my internship work is good to go because i finished them on my designated days and it again creates this boundary of okay i'm only available for my internship on monday tuesday thursday right or whatever days that you would say and then same thing with class i'm only on campus you know monday wednesday friday that kind of thing Okay, so let's dive in to balancing your personal time and fitness routines. I really like this section because I'm all about personal time, if you haven't noticed, and I'm lucky because I am a balanced introvert and extrovert, so I do love spending time on my own and doing things by myself, and some of that would involve going to work out. (laughs) I think a lot of people struggle with finding a way to incorporate more fitness activity into their life and that's probably why it's just kind of a natural struggle but for me the way I think of it is that it's a top priority for me so with that being said I prioritize my workouts before hanging out with my boyfriend my friends and my social life and no I do not have a boyfriend right now but I'm just saying like if I did that would still be the case the workouts would come first and The reason is, you know, there's many reasons, but one, it keeps me in really good physical shape. The second, I mean, mental wellness, hello, like when you work out, the endorphins, you feel good, you look good, and you just overall, it's it's such a good feeling when you go, right? And then you finish your workout and you're done. I mean, I don't know how frequent anyone ever regrets doing a workout unless they were really sick and it got them sick afterwards because it was too much. But other than that, I think for the most part, it's really rare to regret working out so that's just my thought process but how I prioritize my workouts this is my favorite thing to share 
this is my favorite nugget to share, if you will. But when I plan my schedule, so again, if I'm looking at my calendar, all of my consistent events are already in my calendar. So that would be my my classes or my work hours, my weekly meetings, whatever that is always occurring every week is already in there, right? So if there's a fresh week coming up, this is when I plan my workouts. And I usually do this on a Thursday or Friday because I don't know, I just don't like to wait until Sunday to plan my week because by then I already feel behind. Um, and I like to just enjoy my weekend. I like to use my weekend to actually decompress and not have to worry about work and organizing my upcoming week. So when I plan the schedule, I always put the workouts first before I plan my social life and whatnot. So the next step when it comes to planning the workouts, I think about what is the most efficient way for me to get the workout in for the day and to avoid missing it. So for me, it's working out in the morning. I'm fully aware that if I try to wait till the end of the day after 4 p.m., especially with working from home, I'm just more prone to skip and be lazy and have less good energy to bring into the workout, even if it's a, well, I don't know, if I do a long walk at the end of the day, that's fine, but even that, I don't really count as a workout unless it's like a rest day and I had intended it to be a four to five mile walk or hike. And so with that knowledge, I plan my workouts in the morning and I usually do it between 6 to 8 a.m. depending on the day and availability. I know that is harder to do during school if you have an 8 a.m. class, for example, but if you are similar and you know that you have a tendency to skip a workout, if it's at the end of the day, then I would highly recommend finding a way to wake up earlier and then just go work out, even if it's 30 minutes. Trust me, it's better than nothing. Another way I make sure that I get in the workouts that I want to for the week is I have a set minimum amount of workouts I have to do each week and it's based on the practicality of my ability to do it. So for example, if I have only been doing a workout on average of once a week, but sometimes I do no workout at all, then I would set my minimum to be around one to two times a week. My advice on this is that you have to set a minimum that is realistic to hit every single week because when your brain notices a month of consistency, for example, so four weeks, 30 days, where you didn't miss your minimum each week, then it starts to build confidence and self-discipline and a muscle memory. Let's say you go to work out every Wednesday, your muscle is going to go, wait, today's the day to go. Why am I not going, right? And so after six to eight weeks, then I would increase the minimum. So again, it's a minimum. It's not what you are limited to. You got to remember that. So if you go once a week, I would say set your minimum at twice a week if you feel like that's actually practical. Because the trick is that the minimum is something you can hit 100% of the time each week. Again, it is not a limited amount of workouts you're going to do. It's going to be the practical amounts that you will do each week and you will never miss even if you're on vacation maybe okay I, I don't really want to say vacation because my minimum is four times and when I'm on vacation I definitely you know I don't keep the minimum there but I do stay mindful that I should be you know doing crunches or getting a long walk in at least like you know 30% of the vacation when I was a senior in college my minimum was actually three and Again, the reason why I was setting it at three was because 
prior to setting the minimum, I was only going to work out three times a week and sometimes four. So it was just more practical to set it at three. And then once I did it consistently for six weeks, because at the time I was working on my consistency because I noticed the lack of consistency. So when I did it for six weeks, I think, then I moved it up to four. And again, even on some of the weeks that I had the minimum set at three, some of them I was still doing four workouts. I just made sure I never went below three. Nowadays though, for me, my minimum is actually still four. So again, I've been out of college for, wow, almost two years now. This May will be two years. I still keep my minimum at four and I would say 85% of the time I hit five workouts for the week, but I just don't feel the need to increase my minimum workouts to five a week because I find that the four is challenging enough and I'm already hitting five most of the time anyways. So I don't think I should screw up the consistency because again, I want to make sure my base level is never missed. And if I'm only doing five workouts a week, only 85% of the time, then that's not consistent enough for me to put it up as a new base level because then that's a standard I have to meet each week and you do not want to put yourself in a position to take take a loss pretty much. And then on the other hand, for personal time, I would say on weekday evenings, I try to spend it usually by myself. And, you know, the way I do that, I usually maybe catch up on YouTube. I love watching Michelle Choi, by the way. I don't know if any of you guys know her or watch her, but she's just such a lovely YouTuber. Love her content. I also love watching Shark Tank, Law & Order. Sometimes I'm actually making music on the side. I'm currently, fun fact, trying to produce house music tracks. So maybe I will share that with you guys in the near future. Or sometimes I'm doing random things like learning German. I've been very into learning a new language ever since getting into like CIA movies and shows like Jack Ryan, that show on Amazon Prime. Like I just was like, wow, they are so talented. They have to speak five different languages at least. And I can only speak English and Vietnamese and Spanish intermediate level and I'm like okay how can I speak German at an intermediate level because I love traveling to Europe and I have a lot of German friends so that has been very interesting and then on the other hand for weekends if I'm spending it by myself which I sometimes do during COVID obviously I love getting takeout on a Friday or Saturday night and then just watching a movie for me I love watching action movies I'm all about just like the fighting and the shooting and all of that. I don't know why I'm really into action movies, but I just am. And that is just how I find a balance for, again, spending time with myself and then, you know, with incorporating everything else in my life. Okay, so moving on to social life, which I think is something a lot of us want to know how to balance more of. And it's funny because I was talking to my intern, Sue, yesterday and she was telling me how she feels like she needs to say yes more because she's often more about saying no now while she's in college and not, you know, going out or partying as much, which is ironic because that's very similar to what I went through in college where I think I let loose earlier on in high school and then early parts of college. But by the time the, you know, sophomore, junior year, I was very much not caring to go out and I did say no a lot but I do have some thoughts on kind of how you can avoid 
you know, even making the decision where you can just have an automated way of making decisions, which in turn should really make your anxiety and stress about saying yes or no a lot easier, if that makes sense, because you have already pre-decided, which by the way, I try my best to pre-decide a lot of external factors in my life. So social life is one of them. And I will go through how I think about social life and how I, you know, limit a time frame. But like I said, in college, I definitely did attend parties during the week, like, you know, including Tuesdays and Wednesdays my freshman year. But by my junior year, I kind of made a conscious decision to only go out if it was more so to bars and clubs and that was only because that was my personal preference on going out and socializing with friends and you know something about me like I'm not afraid to admit it I love nightlife I'm very much a nightlife type of person and I like to go out to like club lounges and that kind of thing but when it comes to a party where it's like a house party or frat party that's not my cup of tea obviously not at this age anymore but even with like a bar like I'm not really into going to dive bars or just going to a bar to get drunk like my style now like I will only say yes to going to you know an outing bar restaurant whatever that may be where it'd be nice have a drink but have a conversation as you can tell I'm very into meaningful conversations and to me I can still produce that during a night out even with drinks and whatever we're still having fun and socializing but I can still get what I'm looking for or you know get what I typically try to gain in each encounter with friends and new people whatever that may be so I always think about okay if I go out to this restaurant or this lounge club whatever tonight like how do I perceive it bringing value to me and again this is not like a hundred percent how I decide everything all the time but I, I will admit this is something I really mindfully changed my junior year of college and I really tried to only say yes to things that I felt was continuing to align with my personal goals. And one of them has been about cultivating more meaningful relationships. So my personal life on how you can keep a balance and then not feel bad about saying no to certain things is just basically only creating a time frame where you can go out or you can go socialize excessively. So in college, especially junior and senior year, I definitely did not do anything before Friday unless it was like Friday I had off or Friday I really had nothing to do. I was already, you know, finished with my week. Then I might consider Thursday if an opportunity came up. But typically I try to leave my socializing days, nights, whatever to Friday and Saturday, occasionally Sunday, like a brunch or something. But I do this because it's allowed me to maintain a balance in my life and I noticed that in previous years when I still allowed myself to go out on a Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever that may be, I felt behind maybe like on a Wednesday because I would wake up drunk from too many margaritas or I'm sorry, not drunk, I mean hungover or I would just not feel as sharp and fresh, right? So I try to limit that occurrence in my life and 
I find that if I continue to only block off a time frame where I can go socialize, it it reminds me when a occasion comes up and someone's like, hey, Emily, do you want to go out for drinks tonight? And it's, you know, a Wednesday, right? I remind myself, hey, Emily, you already have a, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It's Tim Ferriss does this a lot and he's someone I, I very much look up to. It's just, I have a rule book pretty much already where it's like, nope, if it's not between Thursday and Sunday, I just do not partake in those activities. So you shouldn't feel as bad when you say no. And more importantly, if you do feel kind of like, oh, I wish I could say yes, that is a great pivoting point where you get to ask yourself, what matters to you more? Do you want to keep a well-balanced lifestyle and not have to regret and feel behind the next day or a couple days after? Or do you want to say, F it, I'm going to go do what I want to do and then, you know, live with whatever repercussions, whatever that may be afterwards. And again, there's no right or wrong answer. This is just about personal preference and what you value more. And again, this episode is about keeping balance and how to balance all of it, social life, friends, work, school, all of that, which I know can be overwhelming at this age and is kind of like the concept of getting your shit together. Well, this is how I did it. And some might say I have my shit together. Some might, you know, personally, I would say I've gotten better, but I've been there. I was also once 18, 19, 20. I used to be drunk and drink and go out and all that. So I've learned my lessons and I guess now it's more so of me sharing what I wish I knew then and how I have strategically changed over the years. Okay, so moving forward on some other fun items that my intern actually recommended that I kind of go over and share because I think this is also something that some of you might want, you know, assistance with or maybe some ideas on how to stay better organized. And one of those things may be about how you can write out your daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. So, This may be a surprise to some of you, but I actually try to keep a minimum of daily tasks. So I know most of us probably like to write to-do lists and I used to like to write to-do lists, but nowadays I actually avoid writing a to-do list and like, I don't know, I feel like I have so much going on often, you know, with my corporate job and everything else with this podcast and such that I just tend to write things down like as it comes up in my head. So instead of going, oh, you need to do this, this, and this today, I actually try to minimize that because I find that writing things down all the time and trying to make a list of what I need to do, it's almost counterproductive in actually getting the thing done. Like if I know that I need to do laundry that day, instead of writing it down necessarily, I actually try to sit up from my desk and just go put in a load right away, right? So that's kind of an example I think of. Um, Obviously, it's not as easy if you don't have like a laundry, um, you know, washer and dryer in your apartment. For example, like maybe you have to take it to a laundromat. Like I totally get that. I once did that as well. So it's a little different. But again, same concept is like if you have the ability to do it right then and there or at least start the process of the task like again maybe it's vacuuming maybe it's cleaning your kitchen instead of writing it down like i always think can i just do this right now and then i avoid writing it down so maybe that could be helpful for some of you when it comes to getting things done same thing with work 
when I have my corporate job or when I'm focused on my corporate job for the day, I have a work notebook that I literally just write down thoughts and, you know, just things I need to get done. And it really has no you know like rhythm to it there's no organization piece to it which again some might disagree with but I find it very efficient for me where each day I just you know I'm going through my emails figuring out what is the most productive way to get my work done that day and I'm like all right I need to email so and so I need to submit this client sales order and I need to do x y and z and I just like write it down I try to keep the list of maybe five or seven and then I actually set a timer with my time block cube and maybe I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, all right, Emily, you should be able to get this done in 30 minutes. So I put the cube on, turn it on for 30 minutes and, you know, I just get going at it and I cross it off when I'm done. So that is another way I would do daily tasks, but that's probably more applicable for you if you're in college where you know that you have a couple of assignments you need to get done or you need to study or prepare for a certain project. So maybe you're sitting in the library or you're sitting at home and you're like, all right, how can I tackle this? I would advise give yourself only a minimum time frame. So like 30 minutes, one hour, an hour and a half, whatever that could be. And put your timer on, don't check your phone, put it on do not disturb, and then write down those exact projects and homework assignments you need to get done in that sitting and just focus on that so that's how i do my quote daily tasks but then on the other hand most of the time i organize things i need to do for the week i will say i like doing a weekly i guess task organizer versus daily because i find that most of the daily things i need to do i just think of on the spot and i go do it But for me, when it comes to writing things down for the week, I have to use something digital. So I use Trello, which I highly recommend, especially if you are working from home right now and you want a good way to organize your week and things that you do need to get done. And I use Trello personally because I have a lot of work, like I said, and you know it involves my computer and my phone. So it's easier to access things on the go and just check, all right, what do I need to do for the week? And I have a Trello board for each area of my life. So I have one for the podcast. I have one, you know, with my interns, like just to see what they're working on for the week. I have one um, for my, you know, my social media agency. So I can see each client that I'm working on, what I need to get done for their week, that kind of thing. Um, And again, it's just very nice because I feel like it's very organized and very good to, you know, create and visually see so if you are a visual person and you like doing things digitally i would recommend trello as well for organizing your tasks or whatever that may be for the week and for the month another good digital task organizer is google notes i sometimes use this when i'm making like a grocery store list or i'm just making a list of i don't know just random things i need to keep at the top of my head but like i said now i try not to do too much for the daily and so i don't use google notes as much anymore but that's also another one that's really good and then other simple tasks and reminders like go pick up your clothes from the dry cleaner or you know make a call to res to you know sometimes like i'll make a reservation for this appointment whatever um 
I will just put that in my calendar on Google Calendar because I will visually see it the same day and I'll get a phone reminder as well. So for me, that is the most efficient way th that I write down my tasks. So when it comes to each month, I just try to have an overall focus. So for example, February, my focus this month is to onboard my new clients for my new social branding agency, Lost Hatton. And I just make that as an overall focus, making sure I am keeping up with that throughout the month. But again, I think minimalism is really applicable here when it comes to your tasks because I personally believe that when you plan too much and when you write down too many things, you are more consumed about the task of writing it down than actually doing it. So yeah, that's just my personal thought process. And maybe you feel the same way and now you're going to shift into writing things less and trying to just go do it the moment you realize you need to do it during the day. Okay, so then let's talk about planning your schedule. You guys have heard me say this before, but I use Google Calendar and Google Calendar is just my go-to because if you are working full-time um, or if you're a senior in college, I get it. If you are freshman, sophomore, junior, I, I only used a physical planner back in the day, so I totally get it. Not really as much of a need to transition to a Google Calendar, but once you're a senior, I would definitely recommend trying to incorporate a digital calendar because once you start working full-time and you have meetings and think invites that get sent to you you're just gonna realize like you can't keep up with that with a physical planner and for me like when for example when i have a morning workout after my workout which is usually around 7 7 15 a.m i'm like all right what's coming up next because my workday usually starts around eight nine o'clock and I need to know, okay, do I have any meetings before then or like right away? And so I am obviously not going to have a physical planner next to me at my gym or my workout, but I can check my phone, go on Google Calendar and be like, all right, what's coming up next? What do I have in my calendar for the day? Do I have any meetings? Do I have any podcast recordings? Do I need to do my makeup? That kind of thing. And I do love color coordinating my calendar obviously and so just to kind of give you an example of the colors I use to organize each category I use a blue color for fitness I use green for work just because it resonates with money I use a pretty like lilac color for the podcast I use a tomato orange red color for urgent meetings and appointments so this could be like a haircut appointment or a zoom meeting i have or anything that i just like want to make sure i do not miss is this is like you cannot miss this you cannot forget so i like it when it's in my calendar in this red color and then all of the other things like regular lifestyle activities whatever like that's just for myself i just keep it at the neutral base color that i use which is like a tan neutral color as you can probably tell that's definitely my preference of color for neutrals and then another question that came up for me is how to effectively arrange a well-balanced school schedule that incorporates everything so studying for upcoming tests working on projects work at your job working out and hanging out with friends my first tip for this would be time batching and when I say time batching, I mean assigning specific days for each areas of life. So my example, I only record podcasts on Tuesday and Thursday, 
that is non-negotiable that's just what i do so recording solo episodes or recording guest episodes only happen on tuesday and thursday with an exception to friday on some occasions depending on when that may be but again it's limited to tuesday thursday friday the reason why this also helps me when i work full-time as well because that means for my corporate job i know like hey just try to avoid having as much heavy you know client meetings whatever that may be on tuesday and thursday because i know that i would try to record my podcast on those days right and then other batching days i do is like eating out i only eat out between thursday evening and sunday brunch time which that does not mean i'm actually eating out on all those days but i'm telling myself hey if you want to eat out this is your window that you can eat out between. So it creates discipline for cooking at home, saving money, and also, again, the social life time frame and window as well. For when it comes to working out, I try to keep it on very specific days so that, again, that's how I balance it with school and work. And for me personally, I choose to work out on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I leave room for one day to be chosen. So that's between Monday or Saturday. Sunday, I rarely do a workout. Um, But I always try to give leeway for that fifth day, depending on my schedule, because, you know, things happen. Sometimes I'm out of town. Sometimes I'm tired on a Monday, whatever that could be. But I find that choosing or pre-deciding what days that you are going to do your workouts on helps make you stay with that schedule. So it's just like school. When you have classes, you already have a pre-decided schedule on what days your classes will be. So if you do the same for your workouts and everything else, I find that that's the best way to stay balanced and organized without having to feel behind in one area or another. Okay, so last part of this episode, I'm going to dive into a real-life scenario that someone gave me um, I guess for for insight on how I would go about this and this may be very applicable to you as well regardless if you're in college or you're in postgrad life. They said, my roommates are not as motivated as me to work out each day, do their best in school and work, eat healthy and so on. Their lifestyle is not exactly building mine up to be the best. How would you go about that to continue your lifestyle without giving in to theirs while also still spending time with them since they are your roommates? Okay, so I know with roommates, it's tough. I certainly never had the full roommates experience. I only ever lived with one other person. That is definitely a personal preference. I do not like living in a house with a lot of people. I do not like having um, roommates in general because I'm a very private person when it comes to my living space and I'm very heavily affected by my living environment whereas i know some people don't have as much of an impact on their mental and physical well-being so because it does heavily impact me i try to ensure that's a top priority in terms of you know like i would pay more to live on my own and make sure my well-being is good versus you know risking my mental health because that has happened before Um, But my personal take on this situation where you have roommates or friends in general that 
have a different lifestyle choice and rather is on the opposite spectrum of what you're trying to do, right? My best advice for this is that you find friends and find people and find a community of people that have extremely similar interests. And how I went about that when I was in college and after college was making friends with people that were at my workout class, for example. So Soul Cycle or a HIT workout or Pilates, I would try to make conversation with them because, hey, if someone is also showing up to a 6 a.m. Pilates class, there's a good chance they also value eating healthy and doing well and being disciplined just as much as you do, right? I believe that you will find similar and like-minded people at the places you go to because there is a specific reason that each person is drawn to, you know, going to that specific place. So same thing with like school and work. You'll probably find someone who is more diligent about their schoolwork and doing well in life in general. Um, I don't want to categorize it and say it's like you'll find them at the library, but you'll probably at least maybe find them on campus per se or at a coffee shop. You know, if you see them working and, and you know, really focus, I think those are also great people to try to introduce yourself to. Um, but at the end of the day, I think like you can't change your roommates or you can't change your friends and their preferences but you got to be extremely mindful about how you let it affect you and not caving into what they do, especially if you know that you're on a really good track. And I know that is probably the toughest battle and hurdle for most of us at this age to go through is like kind of distancing yourself from people that are supposed to be close with you or are your roommates and you live with them but like I can say myself I had roommates like my junior and senior year both of them we like we were very cordial all together but I can't think of a time I actually hung out with either of my roommates outside of the home I mean senior year I think I did occasional lunches or like dinners with that one friend but other than that like we We didn't spend that much time together outside of the house because we all had busy lives. So I would say don't feel like you have to spend a lot of time with your roommates just because they are your roommates. But that probably is not the best roommate advice either because I do think like when you have a lot of roommates, which again, I never experienced, there is probably a nice bond to have with like doing everything with them. But remember... You know, if, you know, if you're in college right now, there's a lot of people at college where you can make friends with and find more similarities with. And, you know, maybe you could get Sunday brunch with them or maybe you could get coffee or like go to a coffee shop together and bring your laptops and go do work and study together. So I would say, again, try to find more people that fit into your realm and your lifestyle. And that way you can continue to help each other go towards whatever personal goal you have because again that was my personal goal back in the day if I found someone that didn't align with me which I can think of right now when I was a junior in college and to this day I think um she even thinks like I didn't like her or something that was never the case and remember it's not personal if you don't hang out with someone but you do have to think of yourself right you have to really think like 
where do I want to go with with my life and and um who do I want to be surrounded by and this one friend who was in my sorority she was a lovely person very sweet girl but just did not have the same drive as I did and would even you know ask me like hey do you want to skip class and you know maybe go like just chill that kind of thing and that really rubbed me the wrong way so um I was okay with her thinking or telling you know we have a mutual best friend funny enough but I was okay with her thinking you know I didn't like her or anything because even though that was not the case but I'm not just gonna cave in and do something or hang out with someone just because it's the nice thing to do I have to you know have boundaries and have standards and I think this is the same thing with dating if a guy doesn't meet your standard why would you continue to go out with them or why would you continue to let them come into your life right so same thing with friends if they don't meet your standards of of lifestyle and goals and values that's a big one values then remember it's not personal it's not mean you're just on different pages or different wavelengths in life and that is okay so go find the right people that will fit into your life and i'm sure you will be able to cultivate a much more well-balanced lifestyle and meaningful relationships i hope you enjoyed this episode i know it was a little lengthy and longer than some of my usual solo episodes but nonetheless i hope it was valuable and if it was please as always let me know via dms on the podcast instagram at what fulfills you pod if you're not following or part of the community yet please be sure to join us there and if you want to reach me directly my instagram is at emily e duong and one last thing as always you guys know how much it means to me when you rate and review the podcast on apple Podcasts. so if you have a quick 30 seconds please go ahead and do that i will be forever grateful for you and with that being said enjoy your weekend and i will talk to you all next week <laughs>